Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Ellen, it is absolutely fantastic, wonderful, amazing. I don't know what words I've used, so I'm just going to use them all. Phenomenal. Delightful. <laughs> all the above. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about A Girl Like Her by Talia Hibbert, and later we are going to talk about some of the new trends in romance covers. But first, Mom, what have you been reading? I actually made a list because I've been reading quite a bit lately. I actually have more than I usually do as well, Mom. But I bet I still beat you. You probably did, but let's not it's not a competition. Okay, so from our last full episode, which was Let's Get Textual... Yes. Since then, I read How to Date Your Dragon in the Mystic Bayou series by Molly Harper, Mm -hmm. which was recommended to us by listener Jason. Yes. Hey, Jason. Um, He recommended these, and they sounded like they would be intriguing. So Mm -hmm. I read that one. And then I also read Love and Other Wild Things, which is the second book in that series by Molly Harper. Then, because we were going to be re- reading Melt for You, I read Burn for You by J.T. Yes. Geisinger. Yes. That, which was wonderful in her Slow Burn series. Then I read Melt for You, which is the one we did our last yes. episode on. Um, then <laughs> we got an advanced copy of Protect the Prince, with this, yes. which is the Jennifer Estep book. And it's the sequel to uh, Kill the Queen. Yes. Which I really enjoyed. And I also really enjoyed this book. So when it comes out in July, everyone needs to go read it because it was really good. Um, And then I read to, mostly listened to, because I was on a road trip, uh, A Girl Like Her, the book Mm -hmm. we're doing today. And since then, I have been reading The Viscount Can Wait by Marie Tremaine. Because yeah. we met Marie Tremaine at KissCon, and she was such a sweetheart. I just really felt like I needed to read more of her books. Yeah. Look at so. you. That's quite the list. I know, right? I've been a busy girl. <laughs> well, and because Mom was here for a big chunk of the time between now and our last episode, and when she's here, I have to go to work, and so she just, like, camps out in my apartment with my dog and reads. Um, you're giving away my secrets as to why I love to go visit Ellen. It has nothing to do with Ellen. It's my downtime. Yeah, it's like her vacation. It is really like your vacation. It's, it you is. Just Most come. people like to sit on a beach. I like to lay in Ellen's room and leave, <laughs> take care of her dog. He's a delight. Um, I read, since we talked about Let's Get Textual, I've read Time by Penny Reed, which is the third book in her Law of Physics series. Um I thought it was really good, obviously. Mom and I were saying, like, I wonder if there could ever be a book that Penny Reed writes that, like, we go full-blown, let's get textual on and just, like, rip apart. But, like... <laughs> Is we... that what we're going to call it for now? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. What was her name? Tegan Hunter? <laughs> Sorry. That <laughs> we verbed your book. <laughs> um, but probably not, just because we love Penny so much. Um Anyway, but I really liked that book a lot. Um, I also read Hookshot by Kennedy Ryan, which is um, the third book in her Hoops series. It's the follow-up to um, Longshot and Blockshot. 
Um, and it's about, uh, oh, what's his name? What's his, oh, Keenan, I think. Gladiator is what they call him, and Lotus. And, um, it was really good. I liked it a lot. I feel like Longshot will just always have a special place in my heart, and it'll be hard to, like, top that for my, you know, reading relationship with Kennedy Ryan books, but I, I did really like Hookshot a lot. Um, well, now that movie's coming out that's called Longshot, but it's a completely different thing. Yeah, and we, yeah, like, we saw that trailer and we're like, well, that's, not the real long, that's not the real well, Longshot. And every now and then I'll see it, and for a second I always think, wait, they're making a movie? And it's like, oh no, gosh no. dang it. <laughs> it's a Seth Rogen movie, dang it. Um, dang it. And wrong, I also read Wrong to Need You, finally, by Alicia Rye, which is the second book following up to Hate to Want You, which we covered on the show. Um, so yeah, so I think probably next I'm going to read the third book in that series. Um, don't ask me what the title is, but the third book in the Alicia Rye series. <laughs> I read it and I don't even remember. Yeah. I remember who's in it, but I can't remember. The yeah. Name so I think I'm gonna read that next and then I'll try and read Protect the Prince depending on if I need to read next week's book. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's what I've been reading. Um, Protect the Prince was really good, but the ending made it worth the whole the whole book. Like the end made all I don't know four hundred pages worth it. So, and we're a little uh, we're a little late in recording today because I needed to watch the new Game of Thrones episode. That yeah, was and just I haven't fun. been able to watch it yet. So you could have watched it when I was watching let's, it. Let's get this going. <laughs> <laughs> so today, I guess right now, we're going to be talking about a girl like her by. Talia Hibbert. It's the first book in her Ravenswood series. It is followed by novella Damaged Goods and Full Books, Untouchable, and That Kind of Guy, which comes out May 2nd. Um, So this book was recommended to us by Jen on Twitter. Um, So here's the description that I wrote. In the small town of Ravenswood, Ruth Kaba is the town pariah due to her past with the local golden boy. Rather than dealing with the town gossips and scathing looks, she keeps to herself and her comic books. That is until Evan Miller moves next door. Evan may look like the resident bad boy, but he's a marshmallow who likes taking care of the people around him, which now extends to his new neighbor, Ruth. What starts out as dropping off Pyrex dishes of lasagna turns into evenings spent talking, which turn into nights with lingering looks and touches. Soon, even Ruth can't resist Evan's charm attack, but her reputation with the rest of the town begins to sneak into their burgeoning romance. Can Ruth trust Evan with the secrets of her past, and can she trust him enough to love again? Oh. 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 So, Mom, what did you think of A Girl Like Her? I liked A Girl Like Her. I liked this book. It was, um, I liked our quirky heroine. I liked, you know where she was coming from he of course was a dreamboat and he was yeah. so sweet and uh, yeah patient with her and uh you know from the get-go he stands up to all the opposition out there that are giving her a hard time and um I liked it yeah I I liked it a lot I liked it a lot I think I think I can say that and when I was going back and making notes on it I realized, like, I liked it even more. Um, So I think it's also a book that might improve, you know, upon further reflection as well. 
Um, it was fun to have a British contemporary, which, I mean, I don't think we've ever covered on the show, and I don't think I've read since I started reading romance, really. I mean, you have, like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. It reminded me of my chiclet days, which I, like, feel like Well, written by someone who's British. I mean, we've had, like, um, the Amy Dawes series, the, the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. But she's not British. And there were a lot of little phrases in this book that cracked me up, like the um, dishwashing liquid. They had a, a weird name for it. And and yeah. the the TV, what do they call it? The, I don't know, television controller or something. But it wasn't like remote control. It was, anyway, she had some funny little phrases. And I'm like, you could tell she's very British and that she's yeah. using these little British phrases that we're not used to. yeah. Um, anyway, it, yeah, it kind of reminded me of my chiclet days where, like, I exclusively read British contemporaries, I feel like. Um, and it was also fun to have kind of the more broody heroine with the sunshiny hero, which is kind of opposite of what we usually get. Um, this book does have some first book-itis, but not enough that it bothered me. Right. Um. I would agree with that. So, what did you think of Ruth as our heroine? Uh, I liked Ruth. The only the only uh, thing I would say about Ruth is that, because she's on the spectrum, obviously. She's got mm-hmm. autism. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's very prevalent in the beginning of the book. But then as the book goes on, it's like that goes away. And I don't know if it's, you know, he, he doesn't notice it as much, but I as a reader didn't notice it as much and especially since I listened to the whole book I listened to pretty much all of it except for the last like four pages of the epilogue um and so when he was reading her voice he was doing it very staccato very you know it was very like an autism type voice and then it just kind of goes away after a little while and I was like well wait a minute she's still Mm -hmm. autistic I'm assuming I I don't know if maybe she just once she gets comfortable with someone if she if that you know, it's not an issue anymore, or I don't know. Yeah, or maybe it was think, just her getting better as it went on, as the book went on, you know. Yeah, I think maybe listening to it kind of informed that opinion a little bit more. Because I, because you had mentioned that to me before I had really gotten too deep into the book. And so I was kind of aware of it, but it didn't bother me a whole lot. And I really liked uh, her author's note at the end. I don't know if you read it, but. Uh, she said she wanted to write someone with autism spectrum disorder as someone who has that herself. And she said she wanted an autistic character with a personality and a life rather than an animated stereotype. An autistic character who isn't an alien or a changeling or even a theoretical physicist. And I think I really appreciated that about this representation of someone who's on... And I think it's important to to say she's on the spectrum. So... You know, and I think she's maybe lower on the spectrum. With that said, a lot of what she did reminded me of you, so... Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, and that's... Likes yeah. Marvel comic books. Uh, likes yeah. to sit around in her pajamas all day. <laughs> Whoa, I'm feeling personally attacked right now. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but, I didn't say you do it, but you would like to. <laughs> uh, well, and when I worked from home, I, I did do that. Um <laughs> But yeah, I, and so I appreciated that, that, um, it's, you know, cause we've read some other 
books with people that are on the spectrum and um it is always something like they're really smart and I'm not saying she's dumb or something but um you know just that yeah I appreciated this as kind of a different take on someone who's on the spectrum and I think it's more I kind of viewed it more as once she got more comfortable with him things started to wear down a little bit and I think that she had gotten comfortable in her you know her bubble relationship yeah yeah and you know so she would just stay home in her pajamas and and just be happy that way um and then I think he kind of comes in and blows the door open a little bit for her on what she might be missing out on. And so she makes more of a conscious effort to kind of combat her comfort zone a little bit. Right. Right. And, um, well, and it kind of comes up over and over where she handles things poorly because, you know, she's got these tendencies. Yeah. Antisocial tendencies. And, um, so she doesn't always handle situations the best way. Yeah, I wrote down this line that she says. She says, sometimes I think about one thing and remember another and see another and hear another, and that's just too many things, and I don't handle it well. You shouldn't want to kiss me because I clearly don't deserve you. And I and I um, mean, I don't think I'm on the spectrum, but I think all of us can kind of really relate to that, you know, just that, you know, getting yeah. overwhelmed sometimes with, a lot of things coming at you. And then it kind of breaks my heart that she recognizes that about herself and then immediately follows that up with, like, I'm not, I don't deserve you. And um, so I love Evan for coming in and yeah. showing He's her. He's a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, so still on her, I, um, even though she's not that broody, but she had kind of erected this wall around herself, which is what all of the best broody heroes do as well. Um, So I really liked kind of that turn of the heroine getting to be kind of the more broody and walls up character, Um, especially in contrast to like puppy dog Evan over there. Um, As mom has mentioned, I loved her comic book thing. Um, And... I also appreciate, because I would say, I I will say this for myself, but I also think it's kind of true for you that, you know, they talk about the love languages of, like, physical touch, quality time, that kind of stuff. I think one of our big love languages that is, like, does not get mentioned is sharing pop culture. Like, that's how we express (laughs) love. That's not one of their love languages? What? Weird. Um, Like, I can't tell you how many guys uh, I have, like, flirted with based on, like, here's a a mix CD that I made you. Like, (laughs) I hardcore did that with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I might have just given somebody an array of DVDs. You know, it happens. Uh, That's how... (laughs) We express love. At least I do. But I also think in our family. So even when my sons have gotten married, it's like, okay, you can't marry into the family until you've watched this and this and this and this. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's an important thing to us. So I thought it was cute. Like her exchange of goods and services, you know, for his food was her comic books. 
Um, I also appreciated that she's a bit of a klutz because I feel that way as well about myself. Sometimes I feel like I'm a walking rom-com uh, heroine just because. Well, I'm... it's a total joke in our family. Yeah. That you're. That, that I am a total klutz. Yeah, like I fall. That's very true. In fact, I think we shared the story of going into Chili's. And, yeah. Or Chevy's. Chevy's. And yeah. I fell flat on my face in front of the restaurant. And the guy working in the restaurant had to come out and say, why are you all standing around laughing at her? Why don't you help her up? And I'm like, yeah, thank you. Welcome to my world. Because <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> um, uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, I just, and I also kind of loved, uh, I get that this made things worse for her, but I kind of loved that her like goading on all of the people in town with like, <laughs> I don't know, like, right. that was her response to everybody's judging her was just, like, make it worse yeah. and <laughs> yeah. make, them, make them think even worse of her. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say about Ruth, I really liked, um, especially towards the end, her approach to the town, to, like, the rest of the town. You know, um, her sister is talking about Daniel's wife, and she's saying, at the end of the day, Hannah said decisively, she treated us like crap. Yeah, Ruth murmured, and I bet it didn't improve her life one bit. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, so I really just liked her growth, Well, too. and then that whole turnaround, when she runs into her at church on Easter Sunday. Yeah. And you can just tell she's thinking, girl, you're so lucky you're not where I am right now. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, she says, let's let's get coffee and chat. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah they have a lot tell of you chat. how sucky it is being married to Daniel, <laughs> who you were in love with at one point in time. Yeah. Uh, okay, so what did you think of Evan? What's not to love? Jeez. Yeah. He was a dreamboat. They always yeah. are, but he was dreamier than a lot. He was just he- so sweet and so patient and so understanding and yeah, cooked. These guys that cook, where do these guys come from? Honestly, <laughs> and Can I, I think just hire one to come and let me watch him cook. <laughs> it's especially cute and like in that she can't at all. Like yeah. all she owns is a microwave, and he's just so like affronted by that. Um, yeah, I really liked him a lot. You know, you know, I like my grumpy heroes, but it was a nice change of pace to get. He's he's not. I mean, I guess he could technically be termed a beta. Um, but he's also very like manly and manly, and he and he. I love how he puts Daniel in his place all the time because Daniel is a douche. Yeah, and um, and that he like picked up on that like right away, right away. Yeah, like yeah. he figured it out right away. And when and, like, like that's he's... where the title of the book comes from is when he ran. They ran into her yeah. right off the bat, and he's like, "You don't have to talk that way to a girl like her." It's well, like, no, oh, it, that's it's the name of the book. He says like, "You're really gonna pick me like." You're going to, oh, for a girl like her, because it's Daniel that says, like, a girl right, like her. Right, right. That's what I mean. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're an idiot. Yeah, I really, um, and I liked, especially because Daniel's had, like, this town wrapped around his finger, you know. Yeah. The whole, this whole time, and, you know, And Evan it's nice to in. see that crumble as, as the story goes on, because really, she had in her mind this whole idea that everyone was against her. And everyone was on his side. Yeah. When in reality, I don't think it was really that way. I think that's just kind of her perception of how things were. Because once she started putting herself out there, yeah. people were like, oh, we've missed you. you know, we're so glad. And then like when he, when he confronts her in the bar, 
when she's with her sister. Yeah. And, um, you know, afterwards his friend is like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. He's been drinking or whatever. You know, it's just like you could see his posse kind of crumbling and it's like, yeah, yeah, it should crumble because he's an idiot. Well, and I think, and I think that's what I was referring to earlier with like, you know, she just needs to kind of break out of her comfort zone a little bit and, you know, then things started to kind of fall into place more for her. Right. So, you know, a lot of it was self-inflicted walls that she had put up. Um, so back to Evan. Um, I also thought it was really interesting. If ever, I, I think this is a good book. If ever someone like needs to understand consent, like, yes. he was, like, consent city. <laughs> um, I wrote well, down... especially, I think, mainly because he was dealing with someone who, yeah. you could tell, you know, was a spectrum person. And so... Well, I don't think... I think they don't necessarily like to be referred to as that, but... Uh... <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know. But she had issues with, you know... Right. She with needed comfort to be... levels and this yeah. kind of stuff. And so he wanted to be absolutely positively sure that she was on board and it wasn't just him, like, pushing her to do something she wasn't comfortable doing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I wrote down okay? this... Did I redeem myself with my... Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, I wrote down this quote that he says. It says, the friendship they'd built would be so easy to shatter if he pushed. He knew it. So he wouldn't push. He'd make his own position clear. Not with words because she'd hate that, but in any way he could. And then he'd let her do the rest. If she wanted him, eventually she'd show it. It wasn't a solution, but then Ruth wasn't a problem. And, yeah, I really liked that. And I like that for that last part. It wasn't a solution, but then Ruth wasn't a problem. And, um, yeah, I think I just always liked that he was always like, I'll just, I'll just make it clear to her what I want and then let her figure it out at her own pace and I'll just be here waiting. And yeah, he was super patient with her. And and there was a lot of instances like where he said or did something that I was like, yeah, this is like consent 101. Like if anybody yeah. ever wants. And the thing is, is that it wasn't, it wasn't ever... Um, like, too much in terms of, you know, like, here is a written form, like, to sign for <laughs> you are giving me consent to make love to you. But it was appropriate amounts of, you know, yeah, concurrence. I don't know. I agree. Um, so, these two do not have much conflict between them. How agree, disagree, and then how did that work for you or not work for you? Well, they didn't have a lot of, of um, conflict between the two of them. It was mostly dealing with her conflict with the rest know, of the town. The rest of the town. Yeah. And, um, and also him dealing with her kind of quirkiness mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, her walls, I would say. Yeah, yeah, the walls that she'd put up. Um, so I, I thought it was good. And, I mean, it's okay not to have a conflict every single time we read one of these books. I like yeah. to have them shaken up a little bit. The thing is with this book, um, all of it felt kind of subdued to me in every way. <laughs> I mean, they have some pretty crazy sex but 
not crazy, but they get down to business. We'll just say that. But everything else, it was all just very kind of quiet moments. Nothing, like, huge happened. You had some, like, more dramatic moments, like, where she um, confronts his father, like, Daniel's father and things Mm -hmm. like that. Um, But it, and so that felt kind of true to, like, the small town genre, which this is a small town book. Um, And... Well, the fact that Daniel had been stringing her along for so long, I mean... You know, they'd have their conflict, what, two years prior? And he was still sending her flowers. flowers. And and he was married at this point and still trying to, like, hit that. And it was ridiculous. Well, and I guess that that kind of ramped up when Evan started coming into the picture. Right, because he was getting jealous. Yeah. But still that he was... He felt like he had the power over her to still be able to do that. That was Or the right whatsoever to... To, yeah, you know, and he's sending her note flowers and saying, "Don't be childish," you know. Da, da. It's like, dude, it's seriously, like, you have got bitch, problems. Really? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they didn't have much conflict, and even when she thought that they might have conflict, Evan was like, "No, I don't care what everybody else thinks." And yeah, um, and so yeah, I I I liked that about it, and um. Yeah, but I I understand it maybe leave that aspect of it maybe leaving some people feeling kind of meh about it. Um, so I would say that Evan and Ruth don't have much conflict between them, and that the bigger conflict is between Ruth and her sister Hannah. Agree or disagree? And what did you make of their conflict? Um, I agree. Is is it okay to be spoilery? Because, like, this is, like, a big spoiler. It's never stopped us before. <laughs> if you're going to read the book, stop now. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the whole thing, well, first of all, I called it pretty early on. In fact, I even told you, I think I said, I called something early on in this book. Okay, so that's what you called. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It it was her sister that destroyed his car, which is in the prologue. It talks about his car getting destroyed at his engagement party. Yeah. And it was his sister that did it. And his sister ended up going to jail for it. And the deal was, is, um, and it wasn't like a lot of jail time. But the fact of the matter was, is like uh, Ruth says, like, he could afford to buy that car a hundred times over. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a super financial problem for him. He just was trying to be mean and nasty about the whole thing. And um, he didn't have to press charges and chose to. And, um, well, and then that's like what did it for her. That's like what ended it officially for her is. Right. She's like, I'm out. This guy's. Yeah. Because yeah, it like it did. wasn't even that he got engaged. It was that he put her sister in jail, essentially. Right. And. um, But it it hurt her sister's career and, and other things that mm-hmm. she had going on. And, and um, so Ruth never felt that she deserved her sister's love. And she always kind of kept her sister she kind of kept pushing her sister away mm-hmm. because i mean they would still talk and stuff but they were never super close because ruth kept pushing her away because she didn't feel that she deserved to have such a good sister who had given up so much for her and um i thought that was in fact i thought it was kind of refreshing to have that kind of a conflict in a book rather than the you know having yeah. them have a big blow up which we have in almost every book. 
Yeah. And usually you and I can't get behind the big blow up behind these people who are supposed to be in love with one another. But having this, this seemed like a real issue to me. Yeah, and Evan was just too sweet and caring that he couldn't ever actually have a problem with any of any of this. Right. So I so there needed to be elsewhere. And, and I, you needed him to be like that to go with someone like Ruth. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can have somebody who, you know, gets all huffy about some lame little thing, which yeah. is what we seem to deal with in a lot of other books. Mm-hmm. But um so this was a good conflict in the story. Yeah, and I bought into the fact that this, you know, especially with how Ruth is, you know, she, I she's not great at communicating emotions and things like that. So I bought into the fact that this would weigh on both of them and they would feel guilt for making the situation worse for each other. Because, you know, I think Hannah, you know, thinks like if I hadn't smashed up the car, then maybe this wouldn't, nobody would even know about Ruth and Daniel really. And, and Ruth thinks if none of this had happened, if I hadn't told Hannah what happened between me and Daniel, she wouldn't have gone and smashed up that car and she would have her job that she worked so hard for, etc. And it just was a matter of them like talking to each other and being like, no, I'm not mad at you for that. Like, you know, and, um, so yeah, I thought that was really sweet. And I, and I really, yeah, like you said, I liked having kind of a conflict that wasn't between the romance, I guess. Right. Um, And I really, so I, I suspected that maybe it could have been Hannah that smashed up Daniel's car. Um, But she did a good job of kind of like throwing in comments there where you're like, wait, what happened? (laughs) Like, why are they... Why do they feel weird about this situation and well, stuff? Well, they kept talking about how much they looked alike, and that's that was my clue. Yeah. Well, and at the beginning, when the old ladies are like, I can't, it's one of those Kava girls, I can't tell which one, and Daniel's like, tell them there's apart. a difference between the two of them, which one is it? <laughs> um, and I love that Hannah just, like, stood and just, like, stared at him as she's smashing up his car. Smashing awesome. his car up. <sighs> yeah. And obviously, obviously, Hannah is getting her own book. In fact, I think she's book number two. She ends up, do you want me to tell you who she ends up with? Well, well I thought it would be her and Zach, it's but it's not her, her and, Zach. and Zach's brother. Oh, because oh, I talked about Zach's brother. How he's yes. been staying away. He's been who in jail. Is, who has the child. Hmm. And you know, Hannah's. But book. Zach gets his own book too, right? Yes, he does. And then uh, the novella is Laura, Daniel's oh. wife. Because she gets rid of Daniel, I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, well, I think so. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So um, I am I, I am interested in the, the follow-ups because I'm interested in all of those people. I really liked Zach a lot. Yeah. So, um, And we like these small town books. I mean, these. Yeah, like, they're cute. Uh, so let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about sex, Ellen, because this book does the one thing that I'm not crazy about. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't like the C word. I didn't, you said that and I didn't even see it ever. Well, maybe it's because it was being read to me in my ear, like right out I mean, they say the other one that I know you're not like the hugest fan of, pussy. They say that one a lot. Because I have called my husband. You're saying, like, the the see you next Tuesday? 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the cunt word. However, okay. this is my cute story with this. <laughs> Did I tell you about this? My adorable little two-year-old granddaughter, who can't speak very much, she, um, because of the season, tis the season, she's been going on several Easter egg hunts. But she can't say mm. Easter egg hunt. She calls it an Easter cunt. And so, <laughs> and so my son and I were cracking up about this. And we were talking about how, oh, that must be the Easter bunny. Psycho ex-girl for <laughs> Oh, my gosh. I want to hear that so bad now. I miss her Easter so cunt. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Don't tell anybody I told you guys that story. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, I love her. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, you said that you heard that and I, and I was, so I was kind of on the lookout for it and I didn't, it was a couple times. It was only once or twice. I think it was at least twice, but well, um, I was, I was listening to some of it while I was running around doing some errands and it, a lot of it was during those sexy times. And so maybe I was just kind of, let me tell you about, cause I was distracted. on a road trip. From Ellen's house to my house when I was listening to this. And mm-hmm. right when we hit the super raunchy sex part, which I'm thinking is like after the, the broken bed. So I'm not okay. talking just... So after the broken bed. Yeah. Up in their sex multiple times. <laughs> I was driving through Reno, Nevada. I don't think I'll ever drive through Reno, Nevada without a smirk on my face. Because people <laughs> were probably thinking, what is that girl's problem? <laughs> you go girl (laughs) Um, i wrote down this line just mainly because it made me crack up he was aware of the fact that because of his size or specifically girth he had to be careful with people the first time and i was like wouldn't be a romance hero if he didn't (laughs) he didn't if he's average size it just wouldn't be a romance novel (laughs) The other thing that's kind of sex-related that happened while I was listening to this book is there was a line where they were, like, out doing errands, or they were, like, out in town together or something, and there's a line where it says, like, she came, and I was like, what? Right there? Like, yeah, (laughs) I can't hear the word, like, come or came the same way after reading romance, because, like, they say, somebody says it, and I'm like, whoa, right there in front of everybody? I had the same thing. It must have been the same part. And then yeah. it's like, but then it like went on from there. Like that yeah. was at the end of the sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. It's funny what romance has done to that word for me. Just added <laughs> whole new connotation. And now I've just ruined Easter egg hunt for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. What is your swooniest moment? And you were going to ask this and I was trying to think because usually when I'm reading it on my Kindle, I will highlight certain things yeah. and then go back and kind of compare which one I like best but here's the deal I listened to the whole book and can I throw out there this was a delicious listen mm-hmm. because the it's read by a guy and usually when we get a dual POV we either get a girl and a guy or it's just a girl so to have yeah. a guy do the whole thing and he had kind of a deep gruff British accent mm-hmm. and I was like Okay, I'm on board. And it was yeah. a delightful book to read or to listen to on my nine hour road trip. Yeah. Um, what was, oh, Swoonie's moment. Okay, so I can't, I, so I'm kind of going back by memory. Yeah. And I think my favorite, because the one that keeps coming back to me, and it's not sexual in any way, but when they're out at the bar 
and he's with Zach and she's with her sister and Daniel approaches her and he stands up and he's ready to just intervene step and, in. and yeah. step in, take care of it. And she looks at him and she just shakes her head, tiny shake of the head. And so he knows to back off. Now, truly all of his instincts were probably saying, get in there and take care of this and rescue her from this horrible person. But he had the wherewithal to stay back and let her handle it on her own. And, um, and she did. And she did great. And it was yeah. uh, like a healing moment for her as well. So yeah, I thought that that was, I liked the fact that he was able to not just to get s- right up in there and take care yeah. of it for her. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I wrote down a few. I'm just, I'm, I'm picking this one though. Uh, it's the first time when he tells her that he loves her and he says, I love you. And she said, well, I had no idea I was that good in bed. And he says, maybe you're not. Maybe I just love you anyway. Oh, and I that was that. cute. <laughs> and I love and, that he wasn't pushing her to say it and he didn't feel bad that she didn't say it. Yeah. But he just like this. I'm just putting this out there. Yeah. You know, whenever you're ready, let me know. And I, I've, I've discovered that I'm kind of like a sucker for... And I think this is coming just from our family and things like that. But I'm a sucker for using humor in, like, either, like, post-coital moments or, you know, just not okay, that that, that doesn't come family. from our family. <laughs> but I don't know. We're not just a family like, like that. <laughs> we're not a Game of Thrones family. Um, <laughs> no, we are not. <laughs> other than the fact that we love to watch it together. Um, but, uh, no, I just... I love those moments where, like, they use humor in, like, a serious, like, romantic moment. And, um, yeah, I'm a sucker for those for those moments. Um, so that's the one that I am picking for that's my good. swoonies good moment. Um, so we had some people weigh in on their thoughts on this book. Uh, Jenny on Facebook, on our Facebook group, she said, I love Talia Hibbert. I had surgery in December and spent some time in the hospital and off work afterwards recovering. I discovered her books then and went on a Talia binge. Her books are funny and fantastic. Um, Nara said, I don't know how I feel about this book yet. I liked it, but felt as if there was something missing or it was just that I was expecting something else. Still, I'm checking out the other books in the series. Um, Jason our single singular male listener Jason said I enjoyed the book I said singular <laughs> oh, okay because uh, I know I've had to change that up I enjoyed the book I liked both the hero and the heroine but I didn't love the book but it was enjoyable and then Sarah says I finished uh, reading late last night or early this morning I enjoyed it but it's more towards all right than love it on a sliding scale the part where it suddenly became the mom's POV which I didn't remember I guess maybe I do remember that Kind of stood out weirdly for me, and I still don't understand why she was despised so much. Assuming they both grew up in that small town and everyone knows everything, how one dude could gaslight an entire town his whole life? Like, someone must have seen his true colors at some point, especially his dad. Anyway, I will try more from the series because I am interested in some of her side characters' stories. Hey, Zach. (laughs) That's what she says. Um, So we had these comments coming in, so I think maybe that helped me like it more because i was seeing kind of like this mix to like yeah it was it was good uh reactions and so i went in kind of with tempered expectations and maybe that helped me like it but i yeah i would say i really 
I really liked this one, and I, I like I said, I liked it more upon further reflection. I think. Right. Well, I, I really enjoyed listening to it. I mean, for obvious reasons, but it was a good listen for. Um, Especially for my... like there's, it's not super intense and heavy, right? So... And it's not, you know, like trying to keep track of a million different characters and yeah, like the Alicia Rye would be hard to listen to and keep track of everybody and, yeah. and what everybody's doing and all that. But yeah, it was a, it was a great book to just listen to and drive and drive and drive. Yeah. And, drive. and you know, I, I don't read as much as I would like these days, but, um, I am interested in the follow-ups to this one. Yeah. Uh, just because I did like the side characters. I am worried about my little baby, Zach and his mom. But um, we'll see how that goes. Um, any other thoughts on this one, Mom? No, I don't have any more thoughts. I I thought it was a fun read, and and yeah. I enjoyed it. And thanks to Jen for the recommendation. Absolutely, I I, I really liked this one, and it was a good. Um, yeah, I liked having a like a UK author. We haven't yeah had that I in a long too. time. So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on A Girl Like Her by Talia Hibbert. We would love to hear uh, more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is not your mom's Facebook group, uh, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is not your mom's, at not your mom's rom, or you can email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On April 22nd, we will be discussing Intercepted by Alexa Martin in our next mini episode. Uh, For now, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be going over those new romance cover trends, so stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break break is when we do the news and mail i need people to send me in uh recommendations for how i should sing the break jingle because i have no sign language how about um (laughs) (laughs) you're you're so mean to me um (laughs) so most of our like interactions with listeners these days is happening on the Facebook group. So I really recommend checking out the Facebook group. We have a lot of, I'm like loving it. Mom, agree? I am loving it too. Um, as we all know, I'm unemployed at the time, at the moment, and unemployed. will be for the rest of my days. And um, so I just love spending my days just hitting up Facebook and seeing who's saying yeah. what. And... Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, we had, we have everything like, there's a lot of pop culture recommendations on there. Uh, Nara the other day asked how to look at someone through your lashes, which I think is a valid question. Um, it's not doable. I've tried it a lot <laughs> I of think times. It's like, no, you know, no, it's kind of. You can't look through your down. lashes. You can sort of. No. <laughs> Mom and nope. I are trying to look at each other through our <laughs> lashes, and it looks super cute. Um,. <laughs> Anyway, so there's a lot of stuff like that on there. Karen posted a poll for favorite literary couple of all time. She had Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy on there. That's probably who I would have voted for, but I wanted to add the option of Colin and Penelope, um, who might also win it for me as well. It's hard to choose. I'm trying to think which ones have I gotten more enjoyment out of. Yeah, like Pride and Prejudice is like much more classic. 
and and we've know, watched it many times. We have. It's like our go-to binge. Yeah. Um, but I've also read, you know, Mr. Bridgerton. I don't know. Yeah. Multiple times. So, so. for this, but so if you guys want to see that, head over to the Facebook group. It's a lot of fun. We love everybody on it. It's been a blast. Keep doing what you're doing on there. And we we love it. It's um, not your mom's Facebook group. Not your mom's Facebook group. Correct. Um, so I thought I would read a couple messages that we've gotten, a couple posts that have been posted on there um, from people who have given recommendations because that's usually what we use the mail time segment for. So Jessica said, I'm cramming all the stuff I have been meaning to email you to ask Ellen and mom into a post here. Bear with me. Number one, have you read the Essex Sisters series by, I think, Eloisa James? Correct. It is Eloisa James. She's like, I like them except the age difference in one book in particular will make mom crazy. She knows mom. Number two, also curious. Okay, so in for number one, we have not read the Essex Sisters. I, I at least don't think I have. Um... So maybe but that Jessica, generated a lot of talk about the Essex sisters. Book, it did so indeed. We might have was, to try one out. Yeah. So you ladies that were chiming in on the Essex sisters, you let me know which one you want to read and maybe you'll see it on the summer reading list. Uh, Eloisa James is another one that we met at KissCon and yes. she was hilarious. She was really funny. I we, really admired her. We saw her on the dance floor at the party, and yeah. that was a lot of fun. Uh, Jessica's message continues. Number two, also curious if you have ever read some of McBeaton's old school historicals. They are tame, but the side characters are delightful. The poor relations series has been optioned for TV, but I don't know if anything will come of it. Um, I haven't, and I haven't even heard of that. Um, so, yeah. Another one. All the historicals. Uh, number three, it would be interesting to have you read a Georgette Hare. She was writing Regency in the 1930s. Super tame, but feel the most like Jane Austen to me because she was an expert in Regency dialect slash slang, etc. She does have more mustache-twirling villains than Jane does, though. I would uh, just be curious of your thoughts on that compared to like the 1980s, 1990s, and then today. Also, like all things, there are book of, books of hers I have adored and others I have hated with a fiery passion. So I'm not even sure which to recommend. Okay, end of diatribe. Um, I responded to Jessica and told her that I have read some uh, Georgette Hare. Um, have you ever read a Georgette Hare? Uh-uh. Okay. Um, and I told Jessica, I think it would be interesting to do an episode where we kind of do a Georgette Hare for the first half and then kind of talk about a Georgia hair in comparison to a Jane Austen and then to a modern day historical and just kind of compare and contrast like what they've got going on. Things um, that are written in different time periods. Yeah. And that are all kind of dealing with the same era essentially. Um, but yeah, I also told Jessica that, uh, Richard Armitage does a couple audiobooks of some Georgia Hayers. So oh, I am on board for that. One. Yeah. Um, Megan on the Facebook group said, so as much as mom loves audible, I'm surprised she hasn't mentioned Sebastian York. He's like the king of contemporary narrators. Uh, maybe he reads the books. Ellen won't let mom read. 
<laughs> He's done over 200 book books. His voice will definitely give mom zings. Mm. I am on board for that as well. Um, and maybe like you have, but you don't like because I don't. You don't pay that much attention to who's reading the books, right? Unless I don't it's pay Richard, attention to names. Unless it's Richard Armitage. <laughs> Um, Chris Brinkley, is that the guy who does all the Penny Reed? Yeah. The Winston Brothers? Yes. Mom likes him, for sure. I do. That Tennessee Um, voice. So we'll have to maybe check that out and see if Mom has read one of his, or listened to one of his books. Um, It might be, I've read a book that he's done, but I didn't listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. I listen less than I used to. When I used to work and drive around a lot more, I listened to a lot more books. Yeah, that's true. Um, Heather said, one series, uh, I'd love to see reviewed on here is Deal with the Devil, Luck of the Devil, and Heart of the Devil by Megan March. I just devoured these books, three books in four days. I haven't done that with a series since Fifty Shades. It may not be everyone's cup of tea, but I enjoyed them. Um, I'll have to look into that, Heather, and see. (laughs) Are these books that mom can listen to? I was going to say, if it's like Fifty Shades... We're not doing that because I don't want mom. <laughs> mom hasn't read Fifty Shades. I haven't she read Fifty Shades. She does. She doesn't need to. Um, I don't feel the need to. Anyway, so those are all from the Facebook group. Uh, we love it on there, and y'all just keep doing what you're doing, and we'll keep doing what we're doing and chiming in on everything that you guys are doing on there too, because we just love it all. Um. The only the other thing I'll say is uh, the next event that we are going to is Dallas Book Bonanza on August 10th, 9th through the 10th. I won't mention this every time, but I figured since we had been talking about KissCon in the last episode, um, we really loved KissCon. I don't know if we made that clear. And we're really excited for Book Bonanza. To the extreme, we're excited. <laughs> yeah. Cause why are we Why are we so excited? We Ellie? get to meet Penny Reed. And I don't know if, did I say on here that I won the top fan contest? Did I? Okay. You tell um, everybody. I do, because I'm so excited. <laughs> um, anyway, so that'll do it for our break segment. Um, keep sending them in. We'll keep reading them. And thanks, guys. Well, one thing that we loved at KissCon was meeting people from, who have been listening to us, like listeners, yeah, and getting to know some of our our online friends in yes. IRL, and sure. um, so we would love to do that again when we go to Dallas. Yeah, in August. So keep so, us in mind for sure. Um, all right, thanks, guys. See you next time. Welcome back. So there is a new trend sweeping romance publishing, and that is the more graphic illustrated covers in the vein of Sally Thorne's books, Tessa Bailey's upcoming Fix Her Up, and Alicia Rye's Right Swipe, also upcoming. Um, There was a really great discussion taking place on our Facebook group about this, and it actually came up a couple times at KissCon as well when we were there. So, Mom, what do you kind of make of the new more illustrated covers and how do you how do they compare for you to kind of more what we're used to with the like photo realistic pictures well i'm gonna start by saying that we've mentioned this before and we've shown pictures on in on social media for christmas ellen got me a puzzle she had a puzzle made and on the puzzle were all the covers of books that we had done up to that point and Mm -hmm. even a couple to come yeah and 
it was a pretty easy puzzle to put together, except there were a lot of bear chests yes. and abs in, on this. So and keeping like, all the abs. <laughs> all the abs. I can't tell whose abs these are. The, the joke yeah. became that we'd find a puzzle piece. We're like, I got, I got chest. I got abs. <laughs> And we're like, well, that just that doesn't help me at all. That doesn't narrow it down much. Yeah. So there are a lot of chests and abs on romance books. Yes. And the comment that I made on Facebook, and is the comment that I will make here, is that, okay, are we just objectifying men the way they we get mad that they objectify women? Are we just objectifying men by putting their very sexy bodies on these books? Mm-hmm. Whereas if a man was reading a book with a scantily clad woman on it, we would, you know, run him through the ringer for something like that. That's sexist. That's you're objectifying women. Well, are we not doing the same thing when we just have yeah. half dressed men on the covers of our books? Yeah, that's a, a fair point, Mom. I, I agree with that. Um, the thing with this new trend is I think that you're still going to get your paranormals, a lot of your more, you know, erratic ones, I think are still going to have the pictures and the things that we're used to on those covers. Um, but I think especially for some of these more rom com books, and I think especially as we see um, rom-coms kind of on the rise in pop culture and things like that, I think more people are going to come seeking those out in in books. And I think that this is a great way, I mean, the, kind of a lot of the opinions on the Facebook post were about how it kind of tricks people into reading romance. And um, I think that's true. And I think especially as these rom-coms take place more in pop culture, we're going to see more people coming to the genre. And I think that they're more likely to go for a book with a cover like Hating Game than they are to, you know, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but to our kind of more... I can think of a lot of them, but I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah, but our more <laughs> our more clinchy covers, right, right? That we're kind of used to on the old schools and things like that. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's... Um, I think it's a good time for this trend to be taking place, but I still think that it needs, like, I'm going to be disappointed if there's a book that has this kind of cutesy, graphic-y cover, and then it's a book like Longshot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which does not, that is not right tonally at all fit. for what the book is, you know, so... But- I want them you to know, use it appropriately, I guess is what I'm saying. And Kennedy Ryan has good-looking guys on her books, but she doesn't do yeah, a lot of does. empty, che- you know, not a lot of bare chests and things. It's I put a, a tweet lot. out when the cover reveal for um, Hookshot came out because I'm like, I I think that Kennedy Ryan must have, like, a bunker somewhere of all the hottest cover models because she really has some um sign me up to go to that bunker but um <laughs> and, and can it, she responded and she's like no that would make it too easy that would make it a lot easier to find them <laughs> um, no, she's got some good looking guys but yeah. um but she doesn't do a lot of bare chests and unzipped no, pants she, and that no. kind of stuff um and that's i think and i think in some ways that gives romance a bad name because that's not what these books are always all about i mean yeah sure there's a good looking guy with you know good abs and a, that kind of stuff in the book but it's not what the book is about 
So I think that it kind of does romance a disservice in some ways by uh, focusing on that aspect of it. Um, The point that Sally Thorne and Tessa Bailey brought up when we were in this KissCon panel is that um, they think that it kind of allows you to more correctly uh, convey the the theme and some of, like, the message of the book. And, um, and I would agree with that. I also, they also brought up the fact that it makes them more distinct than just, you know, another book with a shirtless guy on the cover. And I would also agree with that. Um, and it's, I mean, the, this new trend is very similar to what I was looking for when I was reading Chiclet. I mean... Mom, I don't know if you remember, but we would go to this bookstore, our like remember. our local bookstore, and I would just look for like pink spines. Um, like I would just go down the shelf and just look for like I had a certain kind of font that I was looking for on the spine, <laughs> certain kind of color. Like if it was kind of a pastel-y color, I was like immediately pull it out and see what it was. Um, so it's much more in line with that women's fiction. Um of that time, you know, that was about 10, 15 years ago, which makes me feel old. But, um, anyway, uh, the, the point that, oh, the other thing that I think is good that you might like about these covers, mom, is that they're for sure always going to have the right hair color. (laughs) At least they better (laughs) because it's so much easier. I know. Well, even with the book we did today, um, yeah, the cover because the old cover is the one that we had when we first posted about the book. Mm-hmm. The girl was all wrong; she had short hair. Short hair. I mean, the sure they were nice looking couple, but they didn't match the descriptions in the book. And then even the new cover that came out, she fit more the description. She had longer hair and and um, you know petite. Yeah, but he he's supposed to have tattoos. He's supposed to have bearded, scruff, bearded, yeah. and none of that's in the picture. It's like, come on, someone's got to be able to read this book and at least get close to what they look like. Well, it's easier to change paint colors than it is actual hair colors. So they better get it right if they're doing these graphic, these graphic covers. Even Sally Thorne's 99% mine. Yeah. You know, they, she's got little characters there that look like the characters in the book. And, um, you know, it's a cute cover. And it's not a cover that you need to hide if you're, you know, going to jury duty or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Putting um, it through the scanner. The point that Alyssa Cole brought up in this conversation while we were at KissCon was she says that she likes them. She has no problem with them. But that she worries for, especially for her books, that um, the it's hard to convey ethnic diversity with the little illustrated covers um, because in her words, brown people just look like brown people and you know, you can't really get a distinct race and ethnicity conveyed in these little illustrated covers. And I think that's a fair point. Um, And especially with her books, you know, she's, she's wanting to convey that with, with her covers. And I really like all of her covers um, it was really cute. She was actually wearing the dress for um, that her character on the front cover of The Prince in the Paper is wearing. Um, and I thought that was cute. It was cute. And she looked gorgeous in it. She did. Um, anyway, um, 
but yeah, so that's that's kind of. I mean, I I think I want them to use the covers appropriately. Like I said, that's my my main first concern, I guess. Um, I want them to be using them mainly for the more rom commy books. But I like that. I like this idea of tricking people into reading romance. And well, like yeah. the um, like I mentioned before when we did the book, but for the Kill the Queen and Protect the Prince, yeah, by Jennifer Eastep, those covers are awesome and they fit in perfectly with the book. They yeah. don't have a you know they don't have a bare chest on them, and yet they, I think they are great at conveying what the story is about. Yeah, so it can still happen. I mean, I and I don't want. I don't want the, like, listen, I love our cheesy covers that we sometimes get. <laughs> I mean, I I know that they get flack and, you know, but I think it's important that we still take pride in some of the, these nuances of our genre, you know? And I think that those clinchy covers, because Christy brought up the point on the Facebook post that, she doesn't want this to continue to stigmatize the books with the more traditional covers featuring abs or fancy dress ladies. And I agree with that. I don't want, I don't want it to become a thing where it's like, well, we can't have those covers anymore because they just make our genre look bad. It's like, who cares? Like, this is our genre. Well, I, I, I have no secret about the fact that I love the books with, a fancy lady on the front, and then you open the cover, and then you get the little makeout scene on the inside of the cover. Yeah, on the let's keep those up, girls. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So that's kind of how I feel about the new covers. Um. I I I have room enough in my heart for for all types. Um. And I think, but you couldn't do a historical with. You know, no, and that's what I'm saying is like they yeah. still need they need to be used appropriately. And right. until I see them do you know, a good I mean they the, the they could be illustrated in the way that kind of the old school historicals with Fabio were were illustrated, you know. Um, some of those old school ones though are pretty racy. I mean, yeah, I, know. Pretty, I mean, some of them are worse than what we get today. <laughs> yeah. Um but like, you know, I hate to bring her up all the time, but Penny Reed's covers, they don't have bare chests on them. Yeah, she was like very, when she started writing, she's like, I will never have a cover with a naked well, male the, chest on it. The uh, ones she did with L.H. Causeway, those have. Oh, yeah, they do. Um, anyway, so that's kind of how I feel about those new covers. I, uh, I think... If nothing else, I I like that they might bring more people into the genre and kind of open people's minds to what the genre can be. Especially, I think, I think it's not a coincidence. I think it's important that it's not a coincidence that these are coming about when rom-coms are becoming more popular again. Um, Yeah. And, yeah. And I, you know, I support tricking people into reading romance. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. I didn't even really do that with you. Really, I was just like, "No, we're listening to this." Well, you now. did force me to listen to it. In You're the car. welcome. But I was pretty easily. <laughs> you were pretty easily swayed. I came on board pretty easily. <laughs> um. So I was curious to see what all those parts you were fast forwarding through were about. 
and they did not disappoint. They did uh, not disappoint. <laughs> Um, okay, thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for Intercepted by Alexa Martin in one week on April 2nd, on April 22nd, uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook or Goodreads or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. I'll... Anytime. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. (laughs) I'll talk to you before next week, but I'll see you next week as well. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye.